up, podcast? This is Match Lava, and you're listening to the Road Freedom Pod. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Match Lava. And today is Wednesday, April 28th, 2021. And it has been a very eventful day. I'll just put it like that. And we'll get right into it right now. So we had a few releases this morning. We had a Jordan 4 University Blue release. Very, very good looking shoe. Basically a suede overlay of the entire shoe. Really clean University Blue colorway. Almost looking reminiscent of the Jordan 1 UNCs that came out in the beginning of March. And these had a very, very good look to them. And very, very classy looking shoe. Just a beautiful colorway overall. And that leads to very good resale values, especially with a popular shoe like a Jordan 4. So it's a very wearable shoe. It looks good on foot. A lot of people can wear it. It's not clunky like a Jordan 5. It's not clunky like a Jordan 13 or a 12 that look a little bit bigger on your foot. And you may have to, like, I feel like when I put one of those shoes on and, and I've tried a bunch of them on at like an outlet store and stuff like that, it feels like I should be a significantly larger human being than I am. Like just me being five, nine, 150 pounds, like not, it just doesn't seem to sit well with a Jordan 5 or a Jordan 12 or a Jordan 13. Like it feels like that shoe should be made for somebody that's a little bit bigger than me. Um, but a Jordan 4 or a Jordan 1, like those shoes are a little bit more, they're a little of a closer cut shoe. They're a little slimmer. They look like they could fit on your, they almost look like more of a sneaker rather than like a basketball like a thicker basketball shoe. They look more like just a regular a regular shoe almost. So those shoes typically sell well because they're more wearable for a lot of people. And and that's kind of my opinion, but that's what I've seen over time. And the, the fact that it's a popular looking shoe, people like the look of it, and the colorway was superb. So all those things came together and gave us a really, really nice resell on that shoe. And it was a mess today, like most releases are. They had a ton of stock and... I ended up not hitting a single pair. It was a mess. Foot sites were a complete just crapshoot. It was it was absolutely just bad for me. I didn't have one of the top performing bots, so that was kind of an issue. And other sites, I didn't even go for it on Shopify, and I went for it on the sneakers app and didn't hit anything. I even went for the LeBron 8s that came out today as well and didn't hit those as well either. So, and that that kind of made sense to me. I only went for the bigger sizes of that shoe and there was really not that much stock of it, I don't think, because I didn't hit a single pair of them. So they were popular enough and they, they were kind of reflective of one of his previous colorways that looked really similar. Uh, it was like a personal edition shoe that came out, I think back in 2010. So it was kind of reminiscent of that same exact model of shoe, basically the same colorway. So I think there was a little bit more than just the colorway driving that. I think it was more of like a, a reminiscent type of, or like people going back and, and, and having a little bit of nostalgia to that shoe. Because think about it, I mean, 10, 11 years ago, right now, those people, if, if they were in their, if they were 16, 17, 18, 19, their mid-20s, early 30s, they think back to that shoe and go, I was pretty young when that thing came out, and I didn't have money, and now I have some money to buy these things, and they're pretty cool. I grew up watching LeBron. Like, those sorts of things really can drive the market for a shoe as well. So, I didn't hit on those, did not hit on the Uni Blue 4s, which was kind of a pain. I was pretty bummed out about that because I was really looking forward to getting these in hand, and it doesn't look like that's going to be happening anytime soon. The last saving grace we could have for the week would be the Flint, the Red Flint 13s, I think they are, that are coming out. 
Those are a really clean looking shoe. Every time I see the shoe, I kind of look at it and go, I think that one's going to smash just because the colorway is so clean. It's a good color with the red and the gray and the white. Like just, they look good. And those, in my opinion, will do really well too. Those come out on Saturday. So I'm still waiting on those. I don't know. I'm either going to go all out for the release and really try and put my money where my mouth is with that sort of a thing, get some good proxies and try and buy up a bunch of them instead of trying like a few different providers but we'll see. I, I'm just, I, I'm a little hesitant because I mean, proxies are expensive. Even buying like cheaper proxies, you can run yourself up 50 to 100 bucks pretty easily on a release and still not hit. And so now you just spend 100 bucks. Now, if you look long term, obviously stuff starts to pan out. But I mean, even at that, if you're spending 100 bucks every release, you really hit a clip every two, maybe once every 10 releases, then you're not making any money. So I don't know. That's what I'm trying to figure out is where I want to be and what I want to do with this. But it's, it's been interesting either way, and that was just something that I, kind of a, a turning point in my mind going, is sneaker botting really profitable? Because right now, it just seems like it's been super difficult, and I've seen a lot of people talking about it too. If you're not hitting with like the best bots and the absolute best providers with proxies, you're probably not hitting at all, and that's obviously a significant cost like upcharge to get to that level where you're paying a lot more for proxies you're paying a lot more resale for the bots that are these premier bots unless you were like one of the people who was way way early on it buying them whenever they weren't sold out whenever it was really easy to get copies of these things so i don't know that's what i'm thinking about right now as far as a sneaker botting and sneaker reselling but we'll see. I, I still, I think brick flips are super consistent, a very good way to sell. You see a lot of people build up a store and scale a store very well with bricks. And so brick flips being just regular shoes, Air Forces, uh, Blazers, things that maybe go on sale on Nike.com and they're trying to get rid of a colorway that still sell really well on eBay, but Nike's done with them. They've said, we're done with a shoe. We don't need any more of it. We're going to get rid of it, sell it at a decent price point. Then you can get percentages off on, on Nike.com and stuff like that. Or sometimes they just Rakuten as a really good percent off too. So you're getting like 10% off with Rakuten or 8% off with Rakuten. You really stack up the money that you're getting back on these shoes and then you end up selling them on eBay. So your cost point may end up going down to like 50, 60 bucks a pair and you're selling them for about 100, 120 a pair. That is really, really consistent in my opinion and a great way to sell and a great way to make money. So that's what I'm looking at a little bit more, a little bit different type of selling. Maybe run bots a lot less but and still do it just for the enjoyment of it, but maybe do a lot more brick flips. So that's just kind of what I've been bouncing around in my head. Other than that, though, we did have one more release today. Super hype release. The Amamaniers or... I have no idea how to say their their name, but they released the Jordan 3 at a wide, at a larger scale today. So originally they did the raffle, then they did these, these the same Jordan 3 release on their website. And I was in a little bit of a weird point because I hit the raffle last week, which was super cool. But the same credit card that I was going to use was the same one that I hit the raffle with, and the same shipping address and all that. And I have... I have like six shipping addresses and I should have put more time and thought into this, but I use the same credit card today. And I'm just thinking that may not have been the wisest way of doing it, but also I bought the shoes like two or three weeks ago, maybe maybe not two or three weeks ago, maybe last week. But barring that they don't go through all the orders that hit on raffles and then hit today, I should get those to ship out as well. I'm still still hesitant. It was a different size and everything. I'm not sure why I use the same card. But it was just kind of a boneheaded mistake where I thought about it. I was like, eh, I don't know if I'll, I'll actually even hit. So I'll just run the same card and, and be fine. Now, they did a, a weird release that a lot of companies that have been doing these sorts of shoes 
have been implementing, which is kind of interesting. I, I have I have enjoyed it. I've been trying to figure out ways to get multiple pairs of these things. But the the way that I've seen them do it is that they are releasing manual releases of these shoes where they'll change the website domain and they'll do a lot of heavy bot protection, stuff that's very hard to prepare for because you don't have the website beforehand. So that's something new that I've seen a lot of Shopify sites do. It's really, really cut down on bot orders. I don't think any bots had on today's release, which is really interesting. Kind of a cool way of doing it. I give them a lot of credit. I mean, what Union did with their release system back in 2020 when they released the Union 4s with Nike, I got to give them props. I mean, that was incredible. What they did to completely change up the site domain, really switch up a lot of things on the back end of the site so the bots still couldn't hit even if they switched to the, the link that the shoes were on. Like, they they really did a good job and they really set a precedent moving forward. And I'm, I obviously run bots, so I don't have an issue with it, but I think it's just really cool the creativeness of it. I, I like the back and forth. I like it's like it's like almost a game of chess between sites and 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 bot developers and stuff. And you see sites like Walmart and Target just completely shut down bots on certain releases and stuff. That's not as fun. Like I enjoy watching the creativeness of a Shopify site do these web domain switches and stuff like that. Really, really interesting thing to watch. So anyway, those came out. I hit on those again, which is cool. I got a size 12 women's really really good size really good size to hit on because that's looking at about i think a size 10 and a half men's because you reduce by a size and a half from women's to men's so 10 and a half men's it's really common men's size bigger sizes in women's shoes do really well for men's sizing uh because you can sell those to more guys and guys it's just a, it's just a fact that a lot of guys are in the sneakerhead community and when you have things that are primarily like male dominated uh, or female dominated, sometimes you can like get a cheat code of selling more because you may be able to find, okay, this men's size sells really well in women's or vice versa. So a lot of grade school sizes, for instance, will sell really well because they are boys or a kid's size shoe, but they sell really well to women because you can up a size and a half on those shoes. So like a five or a six or a six and a half, those are pretty common, maybe not a five, but six, six and a half. Those are pretty common women's sizes because those translate to a seven and a half or an eight in women's sizes. Same thing for women or when you're going grade school to women's. Same thing when you're going from women's sizes to men's sizes. Big women's sizes do well in men's for like selling to to men because they can put it on their foot and it fits. So that's why I went for a, a big women's size, uh, size 12, pretty big shoe. I don't really know too many people that even have that size of a shoe that, that, that would even need that, but that's a pretty big size, like a pretty large shoe. So when you reduce that down, you get like size 10 and a half men's, very common men's size. You can really make some good profit on those. So I'm pumped about that. These have obviously tanked a ton. I'm a little bit concerned because I haven't gotten my pair yet. That's the other thing. I need to check the shipping on that because they shipped them out and they said they hadn't been shipped yet and I'm kind of waiting to hear on that. That would be one issue. I saw somebody who lives in Pittsburgh got theirs already and put them on and I'm not planning on doing that, but I did want to get them in hand to get them sold. So I saw a lot of people tanking out the price on those, which was a bummer and not really the best like the best way of going about it. So that was kind of a bummer because they were a thousand bucks whenever I won the raffle. Now they're at about seven, six hundred bucks. I imagine as more people get the shoe in hand, they'll dip down under five hundred bucks. I mean that's just that's that that wouldn't be that surprising to me because people really know how to tank a market. So that's what I'm looking at right now. It was a pretty successful day though. I mean two twenty five retail probably upsell those for about five to six hundred bucks if not more 700 bucks because it's a bigger size so it's a really good profit on the day i'm 
I'm trying not to get caught up in daily profits though, just because it is important to to have a good handle on your numbers in the day to day when you're running an actual business. And and mine is an actual business, but I'm not running it like one. I'm running it more like a job. And and that's that's something that I want to get away from and actually make something that operates on its own. Actually make something that can can be self sufficient without me. That's kind of what I'm building towards. So that way I can run it when I want to, when I want to take time away. I don't have to feel like I'm losing money, losing sleep because I'm not making new business decisions or not sourcing enough or not finding enough to sell or not being able to ship and really screwing up my eBay store because there's nobody there to ship for me and now I'm putting things on vacation mode or changing handling times, which does have an effect on your eBay store, whether you like it or not. Doing large changes like that does affect the way that the eBay algorithm looks at your store. So those sorts of things I don't want to do, but at the same time, I don't want to be glued to my house all the time because that's no fun. You don't want to just be stuck at home 24-7 worrying about whether or not you're going to be able to ship eBay items out. Like That's not any way to run a business or your life. So trying to get away from that, trying to build something that can get away from that. That way, when I move out, I have some sort of system in place that I can say, hey, let's find somebody local. Let's get them to be able to ship for me and let's get some people to take some photos and let's actually scale this thing a little bit more. So that's what I'm looking at right now, doing a lot of the back end work on that and trying to figure that out. But it's all a day by day process. So with that being said, I'm going to go be you guys have a great rest of your Wednesday and I'll talk to you tomorrow with another podcast. Have a good one. Peace.